Hello and welcome to Just for Kicks uh, on Game Time CT. I am Scott Erickson, the boys' soccer writer, and we are joined, as always, by Joe Morelli, the girls' soccer writer. Joe, how you doing? I am doing fine. Uh, we are in the midst of the state tournament. One week to go. Hopefully, no snow at the end of the week like last year. We had to postpone the Sunday, but the weather forecast looks good because I'm the kind of person who actually looks that far ahead. And, I appreciate that. Issues. You're always on top of the weather well, for us. I'm sure everybody out there appreciates that, but I'm just, you know, I, I just, you know, when you cover as much soccer and basketball as we do, you, you look at the weather forecast when you have big games coming up and say, well, what are they going to do? And last year they postponed it, if you remember, on a Friday yep. to Sunday, um, and that's just, hopefully we won't have that case this year. You're like Game Time CT's Dr. Mel. Remember Dr. Mel? Dr. Mel Goldstein? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was a legend in this in the New Haven area. I am far, 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 far from that. Oh, you're a legend. You're a legend too, Joe. Don't don't sell yourself yeah, my short. Own mind. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Listen, before we start talking about the tournaments, uh, we have actually have a couple stories, like big stories coming out of girls soccer. Uh, first, let's talk about uh, Notre Dame Fairfield and their coach Wayne Moans. What what happened? Well, apparently, um, as I found out after the fact that. Uh, Following the Watertown game, they Notre Dame beats Watertown uh, in the final seconds. Tony Domingos, their leading scorer, going to Maryland in 2021 scores. They win, I believe, three to two. Wayne Monas, their coach, walking the field, says he doesn't feel well. Uh, he had had an AKG. He had said he had an EKG the day before which obviously rests, uh, measures your heart at that time. Obviously, right. you cannot detail what happens an hour from now, two hours from now. My wife is a nurse. I asked her all these questions. I said, well, how can this happen? And the reason this is the reason why. He goes to St. Vincent's Medical Center. St. Vincent's is about a 10-minute ride thereabouts in Bridgeport from Notre Dame Fairfield. Basically, it's right down the street, same street, um, just different towns. He has was described as a massive heart attack. Well, that's what he described it as. Um, they put two stents in. They were able to, he was able to get to the hospital in time. And he said he felt great when he wake up because it clears your arteries, you know, whatever arteries they, they, they put them in. Right. I'm not a doctor. I don't really know how that works. I understand he was discharged on Saturday, which is, to me sounds miraculous, but I guess, <laughs> I guess that's, they said he could have been, possibly could have been um, discharged on Friday, which is, to me amazing and um i think if it was up to him he would have gotten discharged and gone to the game up the street and coached because <laughs> they had a quarterfinal game against town and their name wins two nothing yeah uh i guess he, he was getting updates obviously which i don't know how stressful i'm sure that's stressful as it is from four different people yeah uh, what was going on and as the game was getting close to ending he goes up to the field and uh beats with his kids which i'm sure made him feel great now, he says it's a long shot to coach uh, on Wednesday in the uh, semifinals against uh, Plainfield. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but he, I, I wouldn't, it's not a stretch to say he's fortunate to be alive because let's put it this way, Scott and everybody out there. Um, let's say Tony Domingos doesn't score. Yeah, overtime. Okay, they go to yeah. two 10-minute overtime periods. Let's say nobody scores or they, they keep, it remains tied. You go to penalty kicks. What would have happened? It's scary. You know, it's really would, scary. Would he, would he be alive? Because they said if he – basically they told his wife, the doctors, if he hadn't gotten there when he did, God only knows what could have happened. So 
Um, he's fortunate to be alive. He's 67 years old. He's a longtime coach. He's never missed a game until last Saturday. In his 43 years, he's dead. So uh, I'm happy he's alive. I'm sure a lot of people are. He's a, he's a long he's a fixture as far as the soccer coaching community. He's very well known. So um, yeah, I mean, it's so- pretty amazing when you sit and think about somebody having a massive heart attack. Well, and then a, a massive heart attack, and then I read that he was back. Like you said, he's back out the field like the next day, which is just unbelievable. It's unbelievable, I guess, what they can do with medicine now, and how you know they take well, care of it, and, and then bang, bang, you're out of there. Having my father had triple bypass many quarters. Uh, oh God, how long ago? Oh four, fourteen. Wow, twenty five years ago. Next month. Wow. Okay, so um, bypass then bypass now. You're in. You're in. ICU, you're in it for a while. Uh, I guess with stents, you can go home because it, it's that it, that can happen. I mean, it's it is incredible the, what modern medicine can do now compared to then. But God, I mean, this is not not something you toy with. This is not something. It's still your obviously one of the leading causes of death in this country. Um, and um, again, I <laughs> I'm just talking to the man, and he's like, he sounds the same. But it is pretty amazing, like you said. It's crazy. So our, our thoughts with him, we hope he does well. Uh, it would be great to see him back on the sideline, but if that, you know, obviously not at the risk of his health, um, I'm sure it would make him feel good if his team could go forward and and keep winning, and they're playing really well right now. So right. Uh, so the other story we have out of girls' soccer, I mean, girls' soccer, the, these stories blew up with the coaches this week. Uh, yep. the, the Guilford coach, I mean, what is going on there? Why isn't he with the team now? Well, I can only speculate. Uh, Scott McMahon, uh, two days removed from um, Guilford winning the Southern Connecticut Conference Tournament Championship, the, the program six, his third, resigns 48 hours later. He has not coached in the state tournament. And as we know, Guilford is now in the state semifinals in Class L. Um, I honestly don't, don't know the exact – I only know hearsay. And I'm not going to expound on hearsay because I don't know exactly what happened. But – he did resign the Friday, which Friday, November eighth. Yeah. They did accept it. Um, listen, I can only speculate, but let's put it this way: whether he did it on his own or was forced to resign, whether they they have this meeting in between tournaments. I mean, is this we we ask ourselves? This is a kid's game. Was this the best decision made by adults? Having a meeting, him resigning, them forcing him to resign, whatever it was. I don't think so. This is something that could be done after the tournament. Sure. I don't know what happened from the FCC tournament to 48 hours later that led to that meeting. Was it preordained? Were they had already decided? I don't know. But he's no longer there. Um, the only thing I would say I, is, you know, it, the only reason you would do it now, is, in my opinion, is if someone were in harm or there was something that he was really doing inappropriate with the kids. But none of that has come out. Nothing's been said like that. So – if it's just a, you know, like a decision or a disagreement, you're right. I mean, just why not wait to just after the state tournament's over and let your kids play, you know? But, who, again, who knows what goes on with parents and ADs and – Well, I, I can tell you nothing went on in that state final uh, – another state, excuse me, the SEC final. Right. Um, I mean, I don't – I mean, I can only – I mean, I it, it could just be a, maybe... a parent complaining about playing time after the kid, you know, they win the championship and they're still – Yeah, I don't think it was that. I think there may have been something that happened. I, I don't know, to be honest. Right. Um but unfortunately, Scott McMahon, after 15 years, is no longer the coach. Rick, Jer- Rick Jeremiah, um, he's the assistant, if that name sounds familiar to soccer fans, 
Once upon a time, he coached the North Bedford boys uh, to a state championship, I believe, over a decade ago, maybe 15 years. I don't have it in front of me. Um, also coached the North Bedford girls. Uh, I believe this is, might have been his first or second year helping him out, and so he's the interim coach. And obviously, the Guilford has not missed a beat, although they did have a rough time with Law in the second round uh, uh, on last week. They had to go to penalty kicks, and Law had again was the only team to beat both Cheshire and Guilford this year. They had a great run at the end of the season, um, but again, and then Guilford goes and they win at Paparog, uh on. Um, on Saturday. So they are now in the semifinals against Suffield of the NCCC on Tuesday night. All right. We're going to get to that and get to all the rest of the state tournament stuff. Uh, when we get back, we'll be right back on Just for Kicks. All right. We're back on Just for Kicks. Uh, let's talk about the boys double L tournament here, um, starting with Staples. Huge upset over Glastonbury. Um, so I was at the Ward game that day, Ward Norwalk, and I look at my phone and I see Glastonbury's up two nothing, and I think, all right, they're they're gonna roll. They haven't allowed a goal in the state tournament game since 2016. No way they're letting up three. Uh, Staples scores one before the half, um, gets within two one, scores another one to tie it, and then when th- with 3:41 left, Evan Burns scores for the Wreckers, and they somehow defeat Glastonbury three to two. Uh, Dan Woog, who played for them in the late 60s, early 70s, has coached there pretty much since then. Said he's never seen a game like this, uh, never had a result like this, never beaten a team like that in that way. Um, you know, he didn't know that they hadn't let up a goal in that long in the state tournament, which is a crazy streak. They had It was 10 games without a goal in the state tournament for Glastonbury. Um, and credit to Staples. I mean, I don't think anyone, anyone had that result coming out of that game. Uh, and to beat the number one team, to beat them in that way is just so, so remarkable. Um, of course, then they ended up losing to Trumbull in the next round. Uh, Trumbull, you know, beat them in penalty kicks 5-4. Trumbull also knocked them out of the FCAC tournament. I'm sure Staples has seen enough of them. Uh, so what we have is I made picks. I picked all four CCC schools to make it to the final four. Uh, I got two right, and I still have my two teams that I had in the final hall and Farmington I did pick hall to win it um but what we got now is CCC versus FCAC heads up in both semifinal games uh it's really uh, fun matchups when you look at Trumbull versus Hall those two teams are both extraordinary I like Trumbull a lot uh, obviously I picked Hall so I'm going to stick with Hall but uh Trumbull's a team that I've really enjoyed and Trumbull Trumbull's also killing that narrative for us of the team that wins the FCAC tournament is going to go out early in the States. Here they are, FCAC champs, uh, and they are in the state semifinals. So that one didn't, didn't work out. And then Greenwich on the other side, uh, you know, Greenwich beats East Hartford. Um, from what I understand, uh, Emmanuel Afori was not playing in that game uh, for East Hartford. I think he had an injury that kept him out of that game. So Greenwich beat them 4-2. With, uh, East Hartford didn't have their best player, but still Greenwich gets through there. Greenwich is now in the semifinal against Farmington. Uh, Farmington, uh, you know, we thought they were going to play Danbury. South Windsor ends up beating Danbury in PKs. South Windsor takes Farmington to PKs, a team that beat them 6-0 during the regular season. South Windsor goes and takes Farmington to PKs. Farmington then goes to Ward, uh, a game I really was hoping to be at but didn't work out on Friday with football and all that stuff. So Farmington ends up beating Ward 2-1. to 
so our final four in double L is Farmington, Greenwich. Uh, they're going to play at Naugatuck uh, Monday night at 6 p.m. And Trumbull against Hall, that game is going to be at Xavier at 6.30 on uh, Monday night as well. Uh, th and again, the two of the teams that I picked to be in the final are still in it, so I'm still alive there. Two out of four is not bad, right, Joe? Well, it's the, what's the Meat Love song? I don't know. Two out of three ain't bad? No. All right. Well, this yeah, is so that, four, that's so 50 exactly not what it bad. is. Yes, it is. Two Thank out of three you. ain't our bad. Producer, our producer. I'm a huge Meat Love guy. Not heard and seen. All right. So a couple of things I was in, again, <laughs> just as a neutral observer here. Very you got picked Hall to win it all. They're still alive. Hall. I mean, listen, Cheshire is a very solid team year in and year out. They demolished them 6-1. to one, six And they to demolished Nocturne 5 nothing. They're on a roll. On a roll. I think Trumbull mm -hmm. might have its hands full, but like you said, you know, they're riding a hot streak. And uh, kudos to Hamden. They beat Xavier and PKs. I mean, I can't remember the last time they were in the state quarterfinals. It's been a while. And uh, they they got to host a quarterfinal game, and uh, Grange goes in and beats them. So, like you said, that's another two – Miesiak and two from the CCC, so that should be interesting. And they're both tonight, as you said, right? Both Are you tonight. Going yeah. Either one of these. Uh, it's a good question. We'll we'll find out later. Okay. Yeah. I want to put you on the spot. All right. So, <laughs> uh, in the double L girls, it, I thought that chalk would prevail for the most part. It almost has. Uh, Sellington uh, has not given up a goal in the tournament, beating Amity four nothing, beating New Canaan three nothing to make it to the semifinals. Uh, Duquesne, I saw them against Cheshire. They basically dominated that game, beating them 2 nothing before they go out to Sullington. Uh, in the other top half of the bracket, you have St. Joe's and Richfield. I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about the greatness of the FCAC, and those teams tied during the regular season. St. Joe's hands Richfield its first loss of the season in the FCAC tournament semifinals. And here they are playing Saturday afternoon in Trumbull, in a quarterfinal. I mean, honestly, it's a state final in most people's minds. All the scoring in the first half. Richfield has to hold on. Matty Freed had a couple of shot attempts late uh, to, that they had a save for them to move on and have a chance at a three-peak, seeing they won the last two. So in the top half of the bracket on Tuesday night at Naugatuck High School, you have Sullington, Richfield, similar story to what you have, Scott, CCC versus FCAC. Right. In the bottom half, Staples has been on a roll since the end of the season. They also have not allowed a goal in this tournament, beating McMahon three nothing, beating Farmington four nothing to get to the semifinals in the bottom. And they have Glastonbury, the three seed, uh, same thing, beating Darien four nothing, beating Wilton one nothing, taking out a couple of FCAC teams. Will they take out a third on Tuesday night? We'll see. Staples, the two seed, Glastonbury, the three seed, at Municipal Stadium in Waterbury uh, at 6 o'clock. I have three out of the four right. I had St. Joe's going to the final, beating Richfield, so that's my only loss so far. Um, and I have Staples going to the final there. So chalk prevailed for the most part. It should be fun on Tuesday night. Yeah, uh, the double-all girls, you know, pretty much going the way we thought for the most part. I mean, it's, it's hard to beat those teams. They're so good, that those those top teams in that conference. I mean, in, in, that, in, that, uh, in that class. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to the L boys here. Uh, L boys, I got three of four. Uh, the only one I lost was Barlow. Uh, Wilton beat Barlow 5-1. to one. Uh, Wilton has played awesome. They beat Branford 3 nothing. They beat Maloney 3 nothing, And then really handed it to Barlow 5-1. to one. Uh, They are going to play Weathersfield. 
who made it through uh, Bassic, uh, made it through Notre Dame West Haven, and then beat Bristol Central. Um, so, you know, I had Weathersfield uh, there. I had uh, Wilton. I think I had – let me double-check my picks here for L. Oh, yeah, I had Hand versus Weathersfield in the finals. So my final two teams are still there. Uh, we get an awesome matchup in the semifinals, though. I think you're going to be at this game, uh, Guilford versus Hand tonight at Middletown. I will. I mean, that, that should be fantastic soccer, shouldn't it? Well, it absolutely should be. Um, Guilford won in the – from what the coach described it, they won in the final seconds or right before the buzzer they scored against Bristol Eastern. At Bristol Eastern, so they take out the team from the CCC. Yep. And here we are, as they both expected, a fourth matchup. I mean, the first matchup was the season opener, 2-2. Two to two. The second one was 0-0. Zero, zero. The third one was one nothing Guilford in the SEC tournament final. And here we are in the state semifinals for the third time in the last four years. So it should be fun. Actually, I said I had three. I, I, I picked Bristol Eastern to beat Guilford. So I, a correction there. I have All right, two. Well, I got two. I, and, and remember, this is, again, and, and, and the storyline we've talked about all year long. Can Han finish the four-piece, something that hasn't been done since Staples in the early 70s? And, yep. and you saying they are, I, I think picks. it's going to be tough. I, I, I think they're going to have a tough time, but I think they're motivated because of losing to Guilford in this. Had they won that game, maybe feel differently, but they're motivated now, I think. I think so, too. I think losing that game could have been the best thing that happened to them. You know, of course, you want to win that championship, but heading into stage with a chance to win four straight, that, that's history. Um, so we'll see what happens there tonight. Uh, I, again, I still have my two finalists, and I still have my champion left. So in double L and L, I, I've done okay with, with the picks, and my, uh, my finals and champions are still intact. So I'm very happy with those picks. Again, it's so hard remember, to pick these games. It, it is. And remember, Weathersfield, I don't think they forgot what happened. I know, I, again, I've mentioned this. Having been at the game at Naugatuck in the semifinals, yep. game that they had their way with the hand and then ended up losing in overtime. So I'm sure they're not going to look past anybody and uh, they'll be fine. That so. should be a fun one in Wilton tonight, against Wilton tonight. Up at, they're playing at Municipal Stadium too. So uh, that should be an awesome matchup. All right, let's talk about the L girls there, Joe. Yes, let's do it. But I thought this was going to be a wide-open bracket, and it's proven to be. Uh, ran the top seed, beats Brookfield in the opener, then runs into Sheen and Olivia Dubik in the, in the quarterfinals. Sheen goes on the road to Hebron, wins one nothing, knocks out the top seed. Your eight seed Sheen is alive. I had Ram in that game. That's one loss already. So in the other part of the top half of the bracket, East Line with three shutouts already. 3-0 over Maloney, one nothing over at Ledyard. And then on the road, well, sort of, the game was at Xavier, not Mercy. They beat Mercy in PKs. That's the team I had. So I have nobody left in the top half of the bracket. Number eight, Sheehan versus number 13, East Lime. I'm hoping to be there Tuesday night at Pinnell at 6 o'clock. One of those teams is going to be playing in the state championship. I don't know, other than those schools, if they would have predicted it. I don't know if anybody else is doing predictions, but if you were, <laughs> you weren't going to have that 8-13 matchup. I don't think anybody was going to. In the bottom half of the bracket, you have Suffield as a two-seed out of the NCCC. They beat Foreign out of the SEC in double overtime, and then they beat Barlow 3-1. to one. The interesting thing about that is that Barlow lost in PKs in its first game to Berlin, but because Berlin used an ineligible player, again, another storyline out of the girls' soccer right, tournament, Berlin ended up having to forfeit because of using the player. It was reported after the fact. Uh, so they went out. Barlow moves on against 
Tan, who eliminated Casey Lawrence, who's going to Michigan next year, and Massick in penalty kicks, another penalty kick game. They go to the second round, and they host as a 23 seed. 23 seed hosts in the, in the second round game. When do you, we hear that? Not very often. And then they lose yeah. to the 26 seed Barlow. <laughs> so you have Barlow going in. Then they lose to Southfield. Form holds finally. Southfield to the semifinals uh, tomorrow night. And who are they facing? Well, I think we've been over this before. Guilford beats North Haven, beats Long Penalty Kicks, beats Poporog in double overtime. There they are, the sixth seed, interim coach. Um, that's I actually got that bottom half right. I have Guilford going to the final, and obviously I had Ram and winning it all, so obviously I lost my champion here. But um, my guess would be the winner comes out of the bottom half of the bracket, but like I said, it's been wide open. So to be quite honest with you, anything is possible. Not to be cliche, but we've seen it already. So uh, would it really shock me if somebody in the top half won? It would surprise me. It wouldn't shock me. So there you go. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, that bracket blew up for you. Uh, for me, it's the Class M boys. Um, just got blown up. I mean, my pick to win it all, Tolland, uh, lost 5-2 to two to Abitech. Abitech, like, we got to just shout those guys out. They beat Seymour 3 nothing. Then they go play Tolland. I can't imagine that many people outside of Abitech thought they were going to win that game. Abitech won that game on their home field, beat Tolland, the team that I thought was going to win the championship. And then Abitech just ran out of gas. They ended up going to Stonington, and Stonington beat them 8 nothing in a quarterfinal, which is shocking. But yeah. Abitech seemed like they were probably just worn out at that point. They don't play many kids. They got a short bench. Um, and then I lost uh, – I don't have either team there. Stonington's in the semi. And I thought Weston would get through. Weston lost 4 nothing to Granby, and then Granby lost one nothing to Plainville. So Plainville – is back in the semifinals as a double-digit seed. Last year, they won it all as a double-digit seed. They could do it again. I don't know if they can beat Stonington. Stonington's had a really, really good year. Uh, those two teams are playing Tuesday night up at West Haven uh, at 6.30 in the, in the first semifinal. And then up top. So I had Ellington going to the semis, the n number one seed. Uh, and I thought that Woodland would be joining them there. Ledger comes down to Woodland and beats them 2-1. to one. So we have two ECC schools. Uh, in Stonington and Ledyard going at it, uh, both not going at it with each other, but both going at it in semifinals. Ledyard gets Ellington. Ellington's had an awesome season. Uh, I picked them to go to the final and lose to Tolland. Uh, they're my only Final Four team in M that was left. M, I think, in the boys is always so hard to pick, and this year just proved that. You know, I just I couldn't do anything in that anything right there uh, in, in picking the M teams. But we have number one Ellington going against number twelve Ledyard. And we have number two Stonington going against Plainville. So, two seed, the one and two seeds made it through, and then we got two double-digit seeds going against them. Uh, it makes for good storylines head into a semifinal with with stories like that. What do you got on the girls' well, we're, side? We're, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, hang on. Well, first, yeah. my memory. Well, Ellington went to the final last year and lost, lost to Holland, right? And M. No, they lost to um, Plainfield. Plainville, last Plainville, year. Plainville, Plainville. Sorry. Yes. Was Ellington a low seed? No, I'm Ellington was. Up. I'm just, no, Ellington was. No, they were undefeated as they are this year. Um, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Say again. Ellington was undefeated last year in the tournament, going into the tournament, uh, as they were this year. Number one seed okay. made it to the final and lost. Um, same thing this year. They're the number one seed, undefeated, and they could see Plainville again. Uh, Plainville, Plainville. 
again if they make it there and Plainville is able to get past Stonington, which will not be as easy. Stonington is a very, very good soccer team. They're 15-0-2. They had an awesome year at the ECC. If Plainville can get by them, all bets are off. You know, I'm, I'm sure Ellington would love to see Plainville again, get a little bit of revenge in the final. Yeah, that would be interesting. That'd probably be a war, right? I would think so. I mean, you never know. But I, these kids that are back from the team, I'm I'm sure they remember that, um, and they don't want to be denied another state championship. So, and then we, if Ellington makes it, we get to see their purple uniforms too. Now, we don't get a lot of purple uniforms uh, this late in the tournament. So shout out to Ellington for their purple, if that matters to mm-hmm. anyone besides me. <laughs> All right, yeah. Joe. What, well, jo- Scott, uh, uh, the Class M girls had a little less drama. Yeah. Uh, seating more held the form. I, Granby, again, the only undefeated, untied team in the state uh, is in the semifinals, shutting out Valley in the second round, Valley Regional, 7 nothing, beating Ellington 3-1 to one in the quarterfinals on Saturday. They're there in the semifinals to play Wednesday night. Um, the opponent will be Weston out of the SWC. Uh Beat Willen in the second round, beats Walka in the quarterfinals. The four seed, Weston versus the number one seed, Granby. SWC versus NCCC at Municipal Stadium in Waterbury, Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. Nanawag, I thought, would go out early. Not early, but they would go out before the semifinals. They did. As we talked about at the top of the show, Nordium Fairfield, they beat Bacon Academy. They edged Watertown in the second round. And what could be built be like a state final or at least a state semi, they end up facing in the second round. Um, Nordea moved on. Then they beat Town Saturday. Uh, we don't know if William Monos will be there. The head coach who suffered a massive heart attack in between games, as we detailed at the top of the show. Uh, Nordea Fairfield versus Plainfield, uh, a Class M finalist last year. Not only did they beat Norwich Tech Holy Family in the first second rounds, they beat Lewis Mills one nothing at home in what was a rematch of the Class M final last year, won by Lewis Mills, who I thought would win again. I was wrong. Plainfield, the three seed. Notre Dame and Fairfield, the seven seed. At Middletown High School, I'm hoping to be at that one Wednesday night, 6.30, for the right to be in the finals on Saturday. This is a really good bracket, Scott. I mean, yeah, it is. Weston, as the SWC, the four seed, is there and it, 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 two SWC teams, an ECC team, and the NCCC team trying to win its second state championship in three years. So it should be fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that that bracket really broke out well uh, with the teams that were there. Uh, moving on to class. And I Lewis Mills going, going to the finals against Granby. So I, I still have my champ alive, but that's about it. Well, there so. you go. You got something. That's something. That's something. Uh, class yeah, S- not much, but something. Yeah. <laughs> class S boys. Uh, I got th- Here we got – I got three or four here. So I lost – I uh, had Cog and Chog uh, making it to the Final Four and making it to the championship. They lost to Holy Cross. one nothing in the quarters. Uh, Holy Cross at the NBL. Uh, again, I said last week they're a team I really liked, um, and they proved it. They beat Cog and Chog, so they'll be playing in the semis. Uh, and we get an all-Catholic school semi, so uh, you know any reporters from the eastern part of the state will probably not be complaining as much. Uh, Immaculate and Holy Cross, but again, then that means we will have a Catholic school versus a private school. I mean, a private school versus a public school in the championship game, and we know how much fodder that creates for uh, for people yeah. who like to write about that stuff. But Immaculate's played really well. Uh, you know, they beat Litchfield two to one at Litchfield's stadium. Then they went and beat Old Lyme one nothing. 
Uh, these games have all been close. They've all been really good games. It's not like Immaculate's running over anybody, and it's not like Holy Cross is either. But uh, Holy Cross versus Immaculate, that game's going to be at Trumbull High School on Tuesday night. Uh, that's an yep. interesting game. I'd like, I might like to go to that. Or the other one's interesting, too, because you get Cromwell against Old Saybrook. You know, Cromwell beat the number one seed Canton 3 nothing. Uh, Cromwell beat Housatonic 4-2. Uh, and Cromwell had to get through two overtimes in their opening round game against Northwest Catholic and won two to one. Uh, then Old Saybrook is a team that I picked to win this con- to win this class. Uh, they've done pretty well: four one against uh, Westbrook, five nothing against Wheeler, and two nothing against Lima Memorial. They haven't had too many challenges. Um, I think that Old Saybrook Cromwell game is going to be fantastic. Uh, that game is at Law on Wednesday night. Uh, let's see. Did those two teams, they must have. Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday night. Tuesday night. What did I say? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday night. Yep. Tuesday night. Uh, I'm not sure why the game's in Milford, but that's another story. Yeah, uh, who knows? Uh, so Old Saybrook beat Cromwell 4-1, uh, during the, se- during the regular season. But again, that doesn't mean much. Uh, both teams are playing really, really well right now. And anything can happen. Uh, I picked Old Saybrook, but, you know, I, I, when you're in a semifinal, nothing's going to shock me at this point. So, I'll stick with Old Saybrook, but you know Cromwell's had an awesome run, and, and they can certainly win this game and and win Class A, Class S if it gets to that. All right, let's do the girls in, in Class S, Joe. Well, a couple things first. I just want to mention that well, one of the coaches who remain nameless reporting his game result, a loss, mentioned, yes, it's School of Choice of Mackinac versus School of Choice Holy Cross. It's yes, another way of putting sure. Catholic school. Uh, Sorry, so actually they can tell how certain coaches feel about them being in class S. We're, whereas we're bas- cover basketball as well, and obviously the creation of the five brackets, they're trying to move. Part of that reason was to try to move the schools of choice up in the tournament. Hopefully soccer will figure that out. Eventually I, 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 I have to say I agree. Of choice up. Yeah, like, just put them in class M. Like It's not a huge move to move them up to class M. And just let Class S be all the small public schools. Like, fine. Like, they're not dominating down here, so we don't need to really worry about this. But just so that there's no complaining, like, just make Class S small public schools. Let them play their own tournament. And we don't need a fifth division to, to, to determine. To do no, no, that. no, 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 no. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm saying that because I know there's a lot of people who feel five divisions is too much for boys too and girls much. basketball, yes. and that's a good I, argument. Yeah. We could do it with four here. You can move them to L. You can move them to M, like you said, Scott. You don't have to keep them in S. No, you don't. Eventually, that needs to be done at some point. Nothing disrespect to those schools. They have, they're competing for the title, and they deserve if they win. But eventually, something should be done and discussed to at least make an attempt to move up. The other storyline, as I've mentioned before, Sam Barnes, Last year at Old Saybrook, 26 right. years. They're playing for him, and they're trying to defend, as you mentioned. So uh, if seating holds the form, it'd be Old Saybrook, and it'd be Holy Cross, and it'd be a hell, heck of a game. Uh, again, I just don't want – I don't want to hear complaints from the other side, well, you lost to a – no. They're no, there. You stop. play them. That's it. That, that argument is for another time for the community to decide and determine in the future. I bring it up because it's, it's like you said, it's a bone of contention, and it well, should be determined at some it. point. I don't care personally because whatever they play, you play. That's it. You're you you play the game, Scott. Whatever you play, you play. Kids, don't worry about that stuff. And I, think, and I think a lot of these kids from public schools in soccer, it's a little different now that they're playing for all these premier teams, but they're growing up playing together, and that's different. 
you know, the, the kids from Holy Cross and Immaculate probably aren't doing that. Right. And then, like I said, they're not dominating this conference. They're, like, just getting by, exactly. winning one nothing, 2-1. Like, there's nothing between these teams. So I, I don't totally buy the argument. I, do, I would just like to see them moved up to M so that the people that argue about this can just stop. Right. Like, it's just, like, enough of talking about the Catholic right. schools versus the, versus the public schools in soccer. Like, it's not a big deal in soccer. I, I don't really care about it. And I think whoever makes the final against Holy Cross or Immaculate is going to be very evenly matched against those teams. That's it. That's all I have. And in the girls' side, um, well, we could have that discussion again in a couple minutes. So we have <laughs> who's the top, the top seed. They beat Cromwell in double overtime. And then they faced, hosted O-Line, the four-time champ, in the quarterfinals. They go scoreless for 100 minutes. And then PKs, and O-Line wins 7-5, to five, and their four-time champion is in the semifinals once again. They're playing Wednesday night at Xavier at 7 o'clock. Uh, Portland, the top seed here, I mean the top team out of the Shoreline Conference, really struggled in the postseason. They lost to Northwest Catholic 7-2, to two, and then Northwest Catholic beats Kogachak 2 to nothing. so they take out a couple of Shoreline teams, and here we go. Uh, it's Northwest Catholic, the 13th seed, and we talked about this about playing in these bigger conferences, whether you're public school or parochial, you have an advantage because you played a better schedule, and now they got to face Old Lyme in the semifinals with a 13 seed uh, again on Wednesday at 7 o'clock at Xavier. In the bottom half, Winter Tech was the two seed. East Hampton beat them. Uh, East Hampton then goes loses to Litchfield, the seven seed, who I thought would get there. Litchfield, the seven seed, in the semifinals Wednesday night. Uh, they will face Holy Cross, the NBL champion they were the three seed beat stafford six to two beat coventry three nothing uh holy cross the three seed against litchfield the seventh seed wednesday night six thirty at naugatuck high school for the right to be in the finals uh i believe i got three out of four in this bracket uh, not i did not have northwest catholic i think i had portland so uh but i did have old Lyme versus holy cross in the final i believe i had holy cross winning it I don't remember. I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but again, it's the Catholic. It's it's the parochial versus the public school in Class S on both sides. Instead of your side and your and your tournament where they're playing public and it will be a public private final. You have it in the semifinals, and it's you know it's a, it's like, again it's a topic of discussion no matter whether you like it or not, and um, people are going to be talking about it if. You have two teams in the final. Right. It's not necessarily fair to those schools because they haven't played for a championship um, in a while, but it is what it is, and this is what we have, and it should be good, good games regardless. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Uh, we're going to get to as many of those games as we can, uh, but yeah, this is the time that we really love, and hopefully, like you said, the weather should cooperate. It might be a little rainy tonight, but uh, as long as there's no snow and they're playing the games, we're good. Uh, rain doesn't slow us down at all, so... We'll see if, if these picks stick with us. I, I still have a chance to keep all my champions, so maybe I could get every champion right. Uh, that seems highly unlikely, but uh, it, it is possible. It is possible. And uh, we mentioned mentioned that Saturday we have four games, two sites, not for the first time. Dillon Stadium, after a recent renovation in Harper, is being used, along with Willowbrook Park in New Britain. Games are at 10, 1230, 3, and 530. Those games... There'll be a mix of boys and girls. Will be determined after Wednesday, the completion of Wednesday's games, from what we understand. And then, um, so it's supposed to be in the mid 40s or low 40s on Saturday. 
Uh, so it should be we should be uh, we should be good to go. That's great. Yeah, compared to where it was last year, I'll take 40s anytime. It's funny. Yeah. I, I was at a football game Friday and it was like 40 degrees, and I was like, "Oh, it feels great out here now that it's not 20 something degrees and windy and rainy." Saturday was a little bit chillier, so. Uh, but this, that, you, that's you get, the nature of the Northeast in November. You get acclimated when you're outside a lot, like we are. Right. All right. So next time we see you will be after the state championships next week. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some of the winning coaches on with us. Uh, but the season will be over by the time we we reconvene here next time, Joe. Crazy, right? Well, you know, it goes very quickly. It starts off slow and it kind of moves. And, and uh, again, Thanksgiving is uh, less than a week and a half away. So, yes, but it's been fun, Scott. I mean, that's a, this is the time of year we look forward to. And here we are in the semifinals. And uh, you're going to get A-State champions for each, and it should be fun. Awesome. Uh, for Joe, I'm Scott. This is Just for Kicks. We'll see you next week.